to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. pray together and just ask God's blessing upon us. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight that you're so awesome. God, we just thank you that you're going to speak to our hearts. We just know that tonight. You're going to speak to our hearts. We're here open to you. And God, we pray that God, you would just minister directly to us tonight and just touch our lives in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I've got a gift I want to give away. Anyone read? Anyone like reading? I want to give you a gift. You like to read? Come up here, Mr. Come on, read this book. It's a great, great book. You will enjoy that book. I'm telling you, not a fan. We've been giving them away every service. Um, a lot of the material that we've been speaking over the course of this month has come from that book. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book. And, and tonight we're going to talk about living a spirit-filled life. Living a spirit-filled life. Asking again the question which we've been asking throughout the entirety of this month. What is the question we've been asking? Are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you an enthusiastic admirer coming and cheering on God and church is the stadium where you come every week and you cheer on God? Or are you really a committed follower of Christ? Because that's what he wants. A lot of us look at relationship and we define the relationship and it's on our terms and it's on what we think it should be. But from what we see in God's word, it's not about our terms. It's about what he says. And when he says it, we better stop and take note and check our lives and see if it's there. And throughout this month and every week, really, in this church, we give people the opportunity to examine their hearts and lives and see if they're putting into play, if they're putting into application the truths from God's word that will change us, that will transform us in every aspect of our lives. So tonight I want to talk about the importance of something I think is vitally important. I want to say that one more time. I think it's vitally important that us as believers, us as followers of God, that we are spirit-filled, that we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of each one of us. And I want to begin with a story tonight from this book. And if I could just read it to you, I, I love this today. It says, when we moved from our last house into our current house, I saved the heaviest piece of furniture for last. It was the desk from my office that I tried to slide, but the legs kept getting caught. So eventually I figured out that if I flipped it over on the top and the, floor and, and, and the top was on the floor and the feet were in the air, I could slide it easier along the carpet. As I was pushing it with everything I had, I was slowly making progress. And about that time, my four-year-old son came over and asked, Daddy, can I help you? He stood between my arms and began to push. Together we started sliding it across the floor. He was pushing and grunting as we inched our way along. Then he stopped and he looked at me and he said, Daddy, you're getting in my way. 
I could easily push it fine by myself, but there was no way that he could budge it. But he insisted on doing it himself. He thought all the time that he was the one pushing the desk. But I had to laugh because I was really the one. You may say, well, why would you start with a story like that? Because I believe that's a picture of what God wants our lives to be. There's a lot of struggles and a lot of things that we're pushing in life. A lot of schedules we're trying to arrange. There's a lot of things and places we have to do, responsibilities and all these things. And they're tough things. They're heavy things. It's the responsibilities that we have. But you know what the most amazing thing is? We think our life is going somewhere because we think that we're the ones that's driving our lives. We're the ones that think, well, everything good is happening just because... It's me and it's because of my career and and I got that job because I went to school. It's easy, isn't it, many times to take that on ourselves. But the reality is this. The moment that God takes his hands off those things, off our life, we're going to really realize that we were going nowhere and we will go nowhere without him. I want to show you tonight that the Holy Spirit is that pushing agent that wants to push your life. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to take you places that you never thought that you could ever go in your life. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to do something inside of your life because the Holy Spirit, we're going to discover tonight, is the person, the agent that God left upon this earth to help us with our daily walk, with our daily talk, and with our daily lives. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We maybe have heard this and we've talked about this in church. If you've been coming for a number of months, you would have heard this at some time. It's the triune Godhead. A lot of people don't have a problem with the first two. It's God the Father, God the Son, then God the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead. It's God in three persons. But a lot of people don't have problems with the first God. A lot of people don't have problems with Jesus. But so often when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there are so many divided opinions There is so much confusion that's been taught in the church. There's so much debate and there is so much misunderstanding. And as a result, you know what happens? People don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Freaks me out, people may say. Don't understand it. So what? I don't want it. If I was to ask most of you right now to go out to your car and open the hood and begin to explain to me all the parts of the engine and what they did and how they worked, most of you would have to say, I've got no understanding of what it does. But yet you have no problem every day getting in it, putting the key in it, turning the ignition and driving in something that you don't understand. Can you see how the enemy wants to keep us just because of a lack of understanding that we maybe don't have it all figured out? But you know what? That's okay. Because here's the deal. If God says it's his gift to us, that's good enough for me. I said, said, if God says it's good and it's something that as children he wants to give to us, that's good enough to me. And that's the understanding that I need in my life. But it's so sad that many people in the church world today, they give their lives to Christ, but they don't want the Holy Spirit to indwell them. They don't want the Holy Spirit to fill them, to live a spirit-filled life. And I believe As a result of not choosing that for our lives, we are missing something that is vitally important for the success and well-being of our lives. And we're going to talk about that tonight in our series, Are You a Fan or a Follower? Because fans are the ones who are trying to do life on their own. 
They're trying to do everything in their own strength and their power. And it's not going to work forever. There may be moments that you think everything's going good. But we don't just live for the moment. We're living for a lifetime. And really, as children of God, we're living for eternity. But the decisions and the choices we make today will affect the outcome of our eternity. So it's easy for us in the moments to say, hey, look at me, I'm doing good. But look at your life over a period of time. Can you say the same thing? But if Fan, you see, wants to do it in his own strength, it's all about him. And, and we hear the stories of fans. Can I share some of you to, with some of you the stories of fans? Here's the story of a fan. Um, there's going to be a difference. I'm going to change. Come on, I'm not going to do that again. But you know what happens? They don't really change. They will do it again. And guess what? They may change, but it's only for a moment. I call that the circle. Come on, draw with me a circle right now. Draw with me a circle. I call it the circle. And unless the circle is broken, you're going to find yourself coming back round again. Most people who deal with addictions, you know what happens? They can maybe be dry and they can maybe be sober and they can maybe be doing well. But if that circle is not broken, what tends to happen is people will come back around in that circle again. It's just life. You can see things, even in your life. And, and I'm sure too many of us, unfortunately, can testify of just a circle maybe in our marriage, a circle in our job experience, in our finances, just in life. Life tends to have that circle. And I'm telling you right now, one of the reasons why we need the Holy Spirit is to break that circle. To break that, that we're just going to be, oh, you're always going to be the same way. You're never going to change it. Listen, if you're trying to do it in your own strength, you're not. You may do it for a moment, but you're coming back around. But in God's strength, guess what happens? He breaks that circle. He breaks that stronghold. He breaks that addiction in your life. And God is the one that wants to set you free. I just want to read another illustration today. I thought how beautiful this is that it really shows just the role that the Holy Spirit wants to play in every one of our lives. Kyle says, recently my wife and our four kids, we flew into Atlanta airport. And on the way, as we were hiking through the airport, we began to walk down a hallway about 100 yards long. My wife and kids decided to step onto the moving sidewalk, but I'm carrying a wide load as I'm carrying all the cases and all the bags, and it was almost impossible for me to navigate and turn, so I missed the on-ramp. I wished I could have seen what it looked like from my perspective. They set the few bags they had down on the moving sidewalk and they just stood there watching me, sweating, carrying a half a dozen suitcases through the airport. I'm trying to keep up with their pace and we ended up arriving at the end of the sidewalk about the same time. But there was a difference. I arrived there frustrated, exhausted, annoyed and they were ready to keep moving. That's what our lives look like. When we try to be self-empowered instead of living in the spirit-filled walkway. Have you ever been to one of those airports or when you go? It's so easy. You can just stand there and it takes you where you want to go. But so often we choose, don't we, with all our baggages and everything. And we say, well, there's no room and there's no way I can bring it to that. And we try and slog it out and we try and make it through life. We're maybe going to get there. We maybe won't be too far behind. But the results at the end are going to speak to themselves. When those who are on the walkway are ready to move forward and progress into other things, we're totally exhausted. We're annoyed and we're frustrated. Do you think that's how God wants us to be? I mean, really, do you think that's how God wants you to live your life? Is that what God 
died upon a cross for us to struggle through life, to be annoyed and to be frustrated. I believe God died that we can have life. And one of the ways that we have life is through His Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And before Jesus leaves this earth and He goes up to heaven, He says to His disciples, He says to His followers, Some words. How many would say that if someone was going to be taken up and they were going to say a last word, a last advice or give advice, I would just have to believe that it would be pretty important to me. Someone was on their deathbed and they wanted to tell you their last words. They would probably save those words and really make them count. They wouldn't just say, I like vanilla ice cream. You know, they wouldn't just say something random. They would say something probably life-changing or a lesson. They would impart something into you. Well, here's what Jesus said when he was about to be taken up to heaven to his disciples in Acts 1 verse 8. This is what he said. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then notice what that power of the Holy Spirit wants to do. It will create your life or change your life to become a witness that now your life is becoming effective, that now you are doing something. Your life is fulfilling a purpose. And God said as a result of the power, your life's going to change. Your mission's going to change. You're going to do something different. And then bam, he's taken up to heaven and he's gone from them. They looked at each other and said, now now what do we do? I mean, really, what do we do? Who do we follow now? He's gone. I mean, what happens? And then they began to ask themselves, hold on a second. What did he just say? He said, the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. The Holy Spirit wants to come on you. They realized that God was speaking of an empowerment that wanted to be in their lives. It's so easy for us, and I've done it so many times, to read Bible stories and read through the Bible and kind of be envious of the people who were there with Jesus. Have you ever been envious of that and thought to yourself, man, if only I could have just been there. You know, I'm envious of Adam and Eve. I'd have loved to have walked with God in the garden every day and just had a conversation with God and asked him kind of crazy questions like, God, tell me again how you made that tree. And God was like, you know, I just spoke and bam. Wow, God, I love that, you know, and just, just to hear the creation story from God and just to see it, it would have been absolutely amazing. And it's easy for us to envy people like that and look and say, man, I would like to do all that. But you know what? Jesus told people who followed him every day something so important that I believe that we need to see because instead of us being envious about them, I really believe that they would be envious of us. What do I mean by that? Look at this scripture from John 16 verse 7. Jesus tells them this one day when they're hanging out. He's about to be crucified. They they just don't want him to leave. But Jesus says, I'm going to go. But let me give you some words before I leave. And he says to them these words in John 16 verse 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, come on, say with me, the Holy Spirit. That's what it is, the Holy Spirit. The helper will not come to you, but if I depart from you, guess what? I will send him, who? The Holy Spirit, 
to you. Isn't it amazing that we can think, man, I'd love to have been there, I'd love to have followed Jesus. And Jesus turns around and says to them, I want to tell you something, it's good for you, it's to your advantage, what? That I go away. So God in the flesh is saying to those around him, it is better for me to leave you because then the Holy Spirit can come and be the helper of your life. Wow! Wow, Jesus said it's better for me to go because I want to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, the one to be there with you. And as we read through the Bible in the Old Testament, we read such things like this, that God was with Abraham. We read such things as God was with Joseph and man, did he have to be with Joseph. Joseph went through a lot of tough stuff. We read that God was with David. He stood out, stepped out to face a giant. God was with him. We read that God was with Esther. She saved a whole nation because she stood up, because God was with them. But do you realize in the New Testament, we don't hear those words? We don't hear the words that God was with them, that God was with Peter, that God was with Paul, that God was with them. You know why we don't read those words? Is it because Pastor Philip, he's no longer with people? No, no, of course he's not. You know what Hebrews 13 and 5 says? Hebrews 13 and 5 says in the last part of that verse, it says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So it's not a case that he's gone anywhere. But here's what we need to see. There was a new dynamic in the New Testament that wasn't in the Old Testament. There was a preposition change which made a world of difference. What do I mean? It's no longer God was with man. But now we see it's God in man. Isn't that powerful? You've got to see that. It's not God with us. God says, now I want to be in you. I want to be inside of you. Kyle Eidelman says this, a quote, Because while God with you is good, God in you is better. Jesus could be with his followers, but the Holy Spirit would live inside of his followers. Wow, I love that. And I think, again, we have it wrong when we say, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to find David. And I'm going to say, David, what was it like? You know what? David's going to be looking at you and saying, you know what? I did great things and God was with me, but God's spirit just came upon me to do a specific task because that's what we see the Holy Spirit's role in the Old Testament. He empowered people for a specific task and then he left them till another opportunity or time. You know what? And I think David and different ones like that are going to find you and say, Tanja, what was it like to have God? living inside of you. Think about that. What was it like to really have God inside of you? What was it like to have that experience with the power of God living inside? Wow, I wished I could experience that. And we're looking and saying, man, I wished I could experience that. Think about it. They only had God with them. Now, because Jesus left, he told us that the helper now wanted to come and where live inside of us. God wants to be inside of us. You've got to understand something about the Holy Spirit, and that is this. I don't like to say it this way, but there are two maybe functions, if you want to say that, of the Holy Spirit or roles of the Holy Spirit. And and, and there are more, but I just want to narrow them down to two. In the process of salvation, 
In you giving your life to Christ, we see that the Spirit has a role in that. We read in John 6 verse 44, it says, No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Okay? No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now, you've got to understand this. As you look at this, what it's talking about is it's the Holy Spirit that is the drawing agent. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, it says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So in order for us to confess that Christ is Lord, in order for us to be saved, in order for us to live a saved life, the Holy Spirit plays a part in that. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us to that place. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us. We cannot be saved except by and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot know God except through the power of of the Holy Spirit. So his role in salvation is to bring us to a place of repentance. But then there's more. Say to your neighbor, there's more. There's more. It's not only does he want to bring us to a place of repentance, he now wants to empower us in our new life as a child of God. He wants to fill us. He wants to indwell us. He wants to be inside of every one of our lives. And we see this through the book of Acts as we read the accounts of in Acts chapter 2. Look what it says in verse 4. They were all together. They were in one accord. And then what happened? The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit capitalized. The Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So we see here's some people who knew God. They were in relationship with God. And what happened? The Spirit of God now came upon them in a greater way. We read later that they needed more boldness. And the Spirit of God came upon them and gave them a greater boldness in their life. So it's a power that not only brought them and brings us to a place of repentance but it's a power that wants to empower our lives. That one day, they're walking to the temple. But this wasn't just a normal day because they have been empowered by God. I wonder how many times they passed that lame man at the temple. He was outside the gate, so every time they went to pray, they would have passed that man. So it was maybe weeks they would pass him, years, months. How many times? We don't know. 10, 15, 20, whatever it was. They had passed that man so many times before. And you know what all they could do in the past was maybe throw him a couple of bucks and just give him something. But something had changed inside of them. Something that I don't think Peter and John maybe even fully understood and fully knew. But all of a sudden, they're looking at this man who says to them, can you help me? And they said, we can do more than help you. We can change you. And what did he say? Silver and gold I don't have, but you know what I do have. What did he have? He had the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of him. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. How incredible. An undeniable power was now inside of their lives. You see, you can't push that desk on your own. You think you can, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you in your life. All of a sudden, they're realizing, man, what did we just do? Can you see it? They're like, wow, what just took place here? Because, man, this guy's leaping and he's jumping and he's praising God. The religious leaders didn't like it. So you know what they did? They imprisoned them. They took them and locked them up. They beat them a little bit and said, hey, we're going to imprison you. Next day, they brought them before the religious leaders. And look what the religious leaders said to them. 
In Acts 4 verse 7, they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? Why would they ask something like this? Because they knew and realized it wasn't humanly possible in the natural for a miracle like that to take place. People could not just speak and miraculous things. There had to be more to it. They were saying, what is it? What's the power? What's the name you're using? Because there's something here. It was clear that it was more than just them. And notice what it says in verse 8. It says, then Peter, what? Filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Here's the key. But Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just saved through the Holy Spirit, but filled through the Holy Spirit. Having a Spirit-filled life, he answered them. And he began to share with them. And you know the conclusion they came to? Look at it in verse 13. Here's the conclusion they came to. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And what did they perceive? They perceived that they were dumb, uneducated, untrained men. But yet they marveled. Why? Because they realized they had been with Jesus. But it was more than they had been with Jesus. Jesus was inside of them. His Holy Spirit was alive inside of them. They had to conclude that the only reason they could do what they did was because it had to be something to do with Jesus. Because they knew it wasn't them. Because they were just ordinary, unschooled followers of Jesus. But guess what? Unschooled, ordinary, untrained followers of Jesus changed this whole world. Because what? Because the Holy Spirit lived inside of them. The Holy Spirit empowered their lives. Now some may say, well, that was great for them. That was great for them. But that's not for our lives now. I beg to differ. Because the Bible tells us right now that God wants to work in our lives. Look at the scripture from Romans 8 verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Christ or Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Who raised Christ from the dead. Will he not also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who what? Now wants to dwell or works inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The Holy Spirit, the life-giving flow, that which wants to empower our lives, we read there, wants to live inside of our lives that we can do great and mighty things for God. But it's not about just doing the signs and wonders, but it's that we will be able to break the cycle, be able to break the circle in our lives as the Holy Spirit lives in our lives. God's power wants to be not only with us, but his power wants to be in us. Listen to me. As a child of God, it's not a question of whether you have access to the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I said? As a child of God, it's not a question whether you have access to it. The real question is, have you accessed it? The Holy Spirit is available for all. The Holy Spirit is there to empower us, to fill us, to live a spirit-filled life. But you know what? We've got to ask for that gift. We've got to access that. We've got to ask God to give it to us. It's been said this way, salvation is God's gift to to the world. Praise God. It's to everyone. But you know what the Holy Spirit is? It's God's gift to His church. It's God's gift to His children. That you can work in, that you can live in victory and in power. Have you asked for His Holy Spirit? 
And I can promise you this. And you can trust me with this. His desire to fill you is greater than your desire to be filled. His desire to live inside of you is greater than the desire that you have for Him to be inside of you. And you can long for it and you can want it, but He wants you more than anything that you could ever imagine. God's Holy Spirit is a power that He wants to give us, that will produce victory in our lives, that will overcome and and take the place of the weaknesses. Do you have any weaknesses into your life? Do you have shortcomings? Do you have things in your life that you say, man, I wish I could just stop doing that. I don't want to do that no longer. But it's so often hard, isn't it, to admit the weaknesses and the shortcomings in our lives because we live in a society today that everyone wants to justify them. Everyone wants to cover them up. Come on, everyone wants to make an excuse for them. People learn to live with it. I, just, I guess I'll have to learn to live with it. I just adapt my life to fit that. But the Holy Spirit, one of His purposes, outside of bringing us to a place of repentance and salvation, is to begin to clean our lives and to rid our lives from strongholds, from addictions, from the weaknesses, from the failures, from the constant cycle that we seem to be on in our lives. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10. Paul's just admitted he's got a problem. He said, you know what, I asked God, there's been a thorn in my side and I've asked God. And and Paul, if you would read it, it's almost like he's saying, God, I mean, I've asked you so many times and you won't answer me. And then almost the answer God gives him is not really the answer to the question. But I just got to say it this way. I'm glad God doesn't always answer my questions with what I think I need to know. I'm glad that he answers my questions with the truth that will set me free. Because the Bible says it's only his truth that will set me free. And I believe that God shows Paul a truth that every one of us needs to see from 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect. Where? In your weaknesses. God says, my strength, I'm able to be greater than your weakest place, your weakest moment. My strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. You know, so many times we look at our weaknesses and say, how can I ever be? And God says there's a strength that I want to produce from where? Your place of weakness. Listen to me. God wants to produce a strength in place of what was a weakness. And he goes on to say, therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. I would boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Notice what he's saying. I would much rather cry out and say, hey, I've got this issue and I've got this problem and I can't do it. But guess what? The power of God, guess what? He can rest upon me and he can do something about it. And he goes on to say in verse 10, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my needs, in my persecutions, in my distresses for Christ's sake. How could you do something like this? Why? Because he knows the answer. For every weakness, for every problem, for every adversity and every trial, what does he come to the conclusion? Whatever may be my weakness, whatever I am weak in, where I am weak, guess what? I know that God can be strong. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is that strength that wants to overcome your weakness? 
that wants to overcome every reproach, that wants to overcome every infirmity, that wants to overcome every need, every persecution, every distress. The Holy Spirit wants to be that power that absolutely revolutionizes and changes your life. Paul says, when I'm weak, I've realized this, then he can be strong. And how can that happen? Through his Holy Spirit indwelling our lives. You see, the more there is of him, the less there is of me. The more I allow His Holy Spirit to fill me, the less there is of me. Less of what? My pride. Oh, I know none of you struggle with that. I'm the only one. But there's less of my pride. There's less of my impatience. There's less of my selfishness. There's less of my addictions. There's less of my sins. Why? Because now I have filled them. Dan and I had lunch today and he was talking about how, how important it is that, you know, so many times we say, God, you know, would you just take something? But you know what? Something can never be taken without it being filled in its place. Because if something is taken and nothing is put in its place, guess what? There's room for other bad stuff, other wrong stuff. But you know what? God wants to take those addictions and strongholds in your life, not because you're a bad person, but because he wants to make you a better person. He wants to use your life, the energies and the focus and the, and the beating yourself up and everything you're going through, through all those things. Guess what? God wants to turn those weaknesses into a strength that you can help other people. You can touch other people. You can give them a testimony. People can argue the word of God, but they can't argue your experience. And I've got to be quiet tonight and finish. But you've got to realize tonight, you need that power living inside of you. Every one of us needs to be spirit-filled. It's more than just what wants to bring us to salvation. Thank God of that. But it's the power that wants to keep you saved. Did you hear me? It's not just that which saves you. It's the power that wants to keep you saved. It's the power that wants to make you live a victorious life for God. A life that's pleasing to God. Every one of us will get burnt out if we try to live the Christian life on our own efforts. You can't push that desk on your own. You can't push that desk on your own. You know, followers understand it's a journey that they were never to make alone. But instead, they know that their life was to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, that He gives us strength every day. Look what it says in Galatians 5.23. If we live in the Spirit, 5.25, sorry. If we live in the Spirit, let us also what? Walk in the Spirit. See what happens? God changes our life. We want to walk in step with Him. His Holy Spirit's going to change us so that we can walk in victory. I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you as a believer, as a child of God, I believe the greatest testimonies of your life are still to be written. I believe there's going to be forgiveness like you thought you could never give. Those people who maybe raped you, molested you, abused you, hurt you, wronged you, that you would say, I could never forgive them. I'm going to tell you right now, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit can give you the power and the grace and the mercy to begin to forgive other people that you thought you couldn't forgive. And that's key because God says, if you can't forgive others, then I can't forgive you. Wow. Even when they've wronged me, yeah, even when they've wronged you. Remember this, forgiveness never makes them right, but it makes you free. It doesn't make others right, but it makes you free. What else happens? What other testimonies will I see? Breakthroughs? Those things that I think there's no way out, there's no way I can do it, and that there's no way I can... God says, hold on a second, let my power begin to work in ways that you never thought possible, and you'll see breakthroughs. I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to work and restore relationships. 
that there would be reconciliation, that there would be hope, that there would be life. And listen to me, that it would be better than it's ever been before through the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit wants to break addictions and strongholds in people's lives. How do I know this? Because Zechariah 4 verse 6 says, it's not by might, it's not by power. In other words, it's not by anything that I can do or you can do. But what's the key? But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by my spirit. It's by the spirit of the God that wants to live inside of you. So are you a fan trying to do it on your own in your own strength? Or you do want to... Do you want to be a follower who is spirit-filled? There's a reason why the third person of the Trinity, the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, there's a reason why it's so contested and why it's so opposed and why it's so questioned. Can I tell you why? Because Satan knows the power it possesses and has available to every one of us as the children of God. And if Satan can keep us living out of that power, you know where he keeps us? In condemnation. Because when we're on that circle and we can't break free and we've got the habits and the strongholds in our lives and we can't break free, we think, well, I'm not even saved and God doesn't love me. Can you see how the enemy works? But I want to tell you right now, it's not because you're not saved. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill you, that you can live a victorious life for God. It's a power that wants to come in and change your life. There's an infilling, there's an indwelling of the Spirit of God, what we call to be Spirit-filled. And from the book of Acts, we believe and teach that it's something that comes in with an evidence, that you'll know that God is there. And there's a heavenly language that God will give you, a language of tongues that you maybe don't know. But there's an infilling, there's an indwelling that God wants to give in your life. Here's what I want to do tonight. I want everyone to bow their heads here tonight. We're going to pray right now in a few moments. Can we just lower the lights just a little bit? Don't turn them off, but if you could just lower them, that would be great. If you could turn these ones off on the front here, that would be great too. Here's what I want to do tonight. Trey's just going to begin to play something real soft. And What I want to do tonight is I want to ask tonight how many of you trying to do life on your own. I didn't say you're not saved, but you're trying to live a saved life. You're trying to live a life that's pleasing to God. You're trying to beat strongholds and you're trying to beat addictions. You're trying to beat struggles. You're trying to, you're trying to slog it out on your own. And I'm telling you right now, you're facing a losing battle. You're maybe going to make it to the end, but just like that moving stairway, you're going to be so exhausted. You're going to be so stressed out. You're going to be so frustrated that you can't even enjoy life. God died that we could live life. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. A powerful life. And I believe the only way that we as children of God can live in complete abundance of life is for us to have a spirit-filled life. I don't know where you're at. Maybe today, maybe you've heard teachings and you're afraid of the Holy Spirit and you don't want and you don't believe in tongues and oh, that's a thing of the past. I'm telling you right now, it's not a thing of the past. It was in the past, but it's right now for the present and it's also for your future. And I just really believe that there's a power of God. You know, Kyle Eidelman in his book records this. He says these words. He says that he posted on Facebook, as a result of living a spirit-filled life, what has happened to you? 
And he said within moments of posting that on Facebook, he had literally hundreds of responses come back and said, as a result of living a spirit-filled life, my marriage has been restored. I've now got a job. I've broken free from drug addiction. I've broken free from this. God has done this. God has done that. God spoke to me. This. It's amazing what will begin to happen. And I'm telling you, the greatest testimonies of your life lay ahead of you. But here's what I want you to do. If you want to be filled with the Spirit of God, you don't just want the salvation experience. Thank God for that, and we need that. And if you're not saved, we want to pray for you tonight because God's Spirit is drawing you right now. But if you really want to be Spirit-filled, you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life with the evidence of speaking in tongues, without looking around and seeing anyone else around, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out of your seat, and I want you to come and stand here at the front with me right now. Come on, if you want that, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you want to be spirit-filled, come on, I, I want you to respond. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.